Welcome to the Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jere, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa. Greetings and welcome to this edition of uh, Mansa's The Weekly Beat. I'm Arnold Segawa joining uh, you from uh, Johannesburg and uh, Maggie Mutesi. I think you're in Cape Verde this time around. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Mendelo is fine. I've realized uh, countries are still in lockdown, not as much happening, but it's interesting to see a little bit of Africa. I mean, this part of the continent is pretty amazing. Well, uh, it's uh, interesting times indeed here in South Africa. Uh, the president, uh, Sir Ramaphosa, just announced uh, a while back that uh, the age group has now moved. Remember the other week we told you that uh, it was 35 and above. Now it has come down to, uh, well, starting into the 1st of September, the age group would have come down to uh, 18 years and above. Of course, that applies to all the others who are already um, in the age group that was going to be uh, given the jab. Uh, so 1st of September, uh, the whole country, well, most of it, 18 years and above, uh, with the queues, I'm sure, are going to be very, very long. But uh, staying on the, the southern part of the continent, uh, some fascinating news coming through, or should I say an event uh, this time around. Zambians uh, will be heading to the poll on the 12th of August. This is amid mounting economic challenges, reports of election-related political violence, not forgetting the elephant in the room, which is that virus that uh, we've come to uh, in a way, even live with. It's, of course, COVID-19. Um, some of the countries have gone to the polls. Uh, we saw Uganda this year, just uh, the, uh, the, the year before. We saw Burundi. And uh, this time around, uh, President Edgar Lungu uh, goes back to the poll. Uh, this time around, of course, also 19 candidates will be vying for the presidency. Maggie, uh, your first thoughts on this? I mean, uh, Zambia is an interesting country to look at. It feels like the countries are at at the point where they need an economic revolution. And when you go through the articles or the pieces written about uh, even the election itself, I would think 19 people coming out to, you know, fight for the same position. There is so much that it says about the country. And, uh, of course, President Edgar Lungu is not as popular from uh, the, the reports we're seeing that are coming from there. But Arnold, it, it's interesting. And for me, uh, looking at it in the economic perspective, I feel like even people taking to the streets and demanding and the reports we're reading, it's like beyond just an election, it's more than that in terms of, you know, it has been one of the most invaded countries. It's been, you know, COVID-19. It, a lot of things that have happened it's it's uh, quite an, an interesting story, and um, it again begs the question whether or not um, we, we are going to see this kind of populism where someone shows up. Uh, it's it's very common in Africa. Then they promise things that they actually promised uh, a few years back. I went through a manifesto for uh, the ruling party in Uganda, National Resistance Movement, the NRM. Of course, uh, the president, the chairperson of this particular party, has been in power since 1986. And when I went through the manifesto, one thing that was very striking is um, him promising things that were promised maybe five years before, you know. Um, uh, And uh, for me, the Zambian equation here, uh, this will be something that uh, we might have to look at. Um, President Lungu, that elephant in the room away from COVID-19 has to be the debt. Uh, Remember, 
there were reports, these were unconfirmed, that, uh, that this, uh, a particular dam in uh, the country had been actually, there was an equity swap with the Chinese because they were on the verge of uh, actually defaulting. Now, add COVID-19 to the equation. Don't get me started on uh, some interest rate payments. Uh, PwC, PricewaterhouseCoopers, re- released an interesting report uh, showing mm. that uh, they are actually seeking a six-month suspension of interest rate payments from October. This, of course, is uh, in line with close to three billion US dollars in euro bonds. So these are all questions that have to be answered. The sizable allocations of uh, fertilizer input subsidies programs that have just uh, not been answered per se. Um, remember that uh, Fitch, which is of course a rating agency, uh, Fitch, Standard and Poor, and uh, Moody's, uh, Fitch. In this particular conversation here, they dropped Zambia's credit rating from CC to just C. This is close to junk status, you know. So some uh, commentators would argue that uh, is this time for you to actually think about maybe uh, putting a halt on the election for maybe uh, a year and first deal with the pandemic? Because if we're to explain all of this, don't get me started on the kwacha and how it has uh, depreciated per se. Is an election top of the agenda? Again, I'm sitting on the fence there. But again, going back to what uh, happened in Uganda, the constitution in some of these countries is very clear. If at all <laughs> time elapses on an election, then power has to be ceded to, let's say, a speaker. I don't know if Lungu or Museveni would be uh, ready to uh, play that game. Everything you see is so clear, but... Uh the economy is central to this election. Now, just to add on that, Arnold, is just for the inflation alone in, in the country is at over 30%. I mean, this is the highest we've seen in nearly two decades in Zambia. But there are things, like you've mentioned, that are central that probably need to be looked at before because an election alone costs a lot of money. It's a lot of money that the government is spending to ensure that they secure their position. And this is the same question. Now I'm going to take it away from just Zambia. This is the same question a lot of analysts have been asking in Kenya. I don't want to bring Kenya into this because they have an election as well next year. And with elections also comes with several expenses. Uh, we're looking at Zambia, which um, defaulted on its date. And we're looking at an economic crisis in a country that has been around. A lot of things like corruption and, you know, poorly structured loans, like you've mentioned. And there is all these issues need to be addressed in the middle of a pandemic. Many of these elections across Africa maybe could have been put on hold to first even figure out, because with the pandemic also came with a lot of demands. How do you feed the people, especially if you're looking down countries? If there is no trade within the region, how do you give funds to those who are not able to? And that's something that we've seen that has not happened in Africa. It has happened in the West. But few countries in Africa have actually been able to do that. So I would say this is something that could be put on hold and extended for a year or two. So that the country figures out its economic challenges. Mm. It's really a a debate that uh, could go on for quite a while. And uh, many a times 
the reason for doing this uh, is around, first of all, you need to have legitimacy. So you have a White House now that uh, uh, is uh, kind of looking back at the continent, not like uh, uh, one who used the S-hole word, you know, to describe this particular continent. So now you have a White House that uh, is looking back at uh, the U.S.-Afro relations, and you have to legitimize your position. You know, so come what may, to be honest, uh, Zambia is looking at a third wave, you know, and in a bid to legitimize your own um, uh, presidency and your own uh, term in office, you push through and try your best to have an election. Now, this goes back to what we were saying before, the debt defaulting. Remember that uh, Zambia continues to be a major recipient of U.S. Uh, foreign assistance. You know, uh, according to uh, the Atlantic Council, uh, last I read, it was close to 500 million U.S. dollars annually. So, again, these are things that the U.S. will look for. They want a legitimate regime. Uh, they want the state house to have a sort of a democracy. So, you trying to justify COVID-19 as a reason for for suspending elections in the country might not be taken very well by Uncle Biden. And guess what? 500 million is a good check any day of the week. Every African leader wants to take it. Maybe the other thing that we might have to touch on is uh, the economies are both developed and uh, frontier emerging markets. Everyone is kind of having a, a bounce back. Copper prices have actually appreciated. And uh, Zambia, for me, has just failed to take a look at this. And they have arguably the highest uh, tax regimes in the world uh, when it comes to mining. And they've just failed to capitalize on this with copper prices appreciating across the world. One would have thought that this would have been something that uh, President Lungu's regime would have capitalized on. And I just feel like they've really come up short on this one. Uh, for me, the fact that it's not a peaceful election, Arnold. It's not the usual election where, you know, it's election day and then you go and vote. It's, it's riots on the streets. It's deployment of military. It is the risk of having more covenant patients. It is it's all of these things put into context. These are things that have to be factored in. These are things that have to be looked at, in my own opinion. I just read somewhere that actually Zambia attracted more foreign direct investments, which I really do not understand. Because for a country that has been having all these wars, like, I wouldn't expect a lot of investors Mm, uh, it's really a combination of things. One thing that really sticks out is uh, the citizen investment incentives, uh, which are quite striking. It's a good idea that on occasion should be taken with a pinch of salt. What do I mean? Um, in a bid to encourage citizen participation in investments eligible for incentives under the ZDA uh, Act, actually, um, some of the ministers have actually proposed to reduce the investment thresholds from 500,000 US dollars to 100,000 US dollars for qualifying Zambian citizens. Yeah. This is, of course, in a bid to um, encourage the, uh, the citizenry in participating in some of these priority sectors. Now, on paper, some of these tax breaks and, and, and incentivization, it, it does work. But we've also seen it work the other way around. If someone actually uh, then gets like a, an, uh, an Arnold here or a Maggie, and then let's say Maggie has the buddy, Arnold is Zambian, you front me, mm. I come in. And this was a problem that the Chinese grappled with for such a long time because people were actually just fronting uh, locals and then they get all these incentives and then they run away with it. So 
the biggest elephant in the room is the fact the mining sector is still largely dominated by Canadian companies, Australian companies, uh, the UK, the Chinese. The, I mean, FDI flows in Zambia dropped to uh, 700 million. This is a 63% drop. This is from 2017 to 2018. And it just has you thinking, where's the rest of the continent? You know, if it's not maybe... Uh, an Anglo Gold Ashanti from here in SA, which also is a conversation for another day. Where is the rest of the mm-hmm. continent on one of the biggest copper producers in the world? So uh, these are things that uh, might come front and center in the framing of this particular election and the setting of the agenda. Uh, but uh, Maggie, your last words are actually running heavy. An election is not ideal to have in this kind of situation, especially the fact that in many African countries, the elections are not peaceful elections. These are usually come with riots, uh, they come with, a, you know, military deployments on streets, a lot of people everywhere, and then we go back to the same cycle. A lot of people are out, a lot of chaos, and then there's COVID-19, something we've seen in South Africa and everywhere. So I feel like it's time to rethink some of these things. I mean, it's very important to have the elections as per the Western world, but for the sake of, uh, you know, the, the health of the people, but also economically, not to just spend money anyhow. I think some of these elections can be postponed. Not a lot of people would really agree with this, but uh, I feel like it's economically draining, but most importantly, health comes first. You cannot um, grow an economy without people. So you cannot just put them at the risk of uh, COVID-19. I'm looking forward to see what really happens. And I hope for me, this Zambian election is not just an election. It's an economic revolution. And I would love to see, I would love to hear. I, I don't know what would happen, but we wish them the best. Thank you for that, Maggie. Uh, maybe uh, just to top that off, uh, here in South Africa, they're supposed to have municipal elections um, come the 27th of October 2021. And uh, as it turns out, an affidavit has been um, filed, actually, for the postponement of these, of course, as you can imagine. Uh, this is because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But, uh, well, many players, many parties are arguing that... Uh, Democracy cannot be suspended or postponed. That's where we'll leave it for this edition of uh, uh, the Weekly Beat, brought to you by Mansa. As always, if uh, you did miss anything in the course of the week, just visit the website mansamedia.africa on Twitter. We're at Mansa underscore media. From me, Arnold Sago and Maggie Mutasi, have a lovely week. The Weekly Beat by Mansa, with your hosts... Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jerry, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa.